I believe that God has chosen this year for us to experience a great awakening in our lives. Similar to what happened in the 1730s and the 1740s in the Great Awakening in New England that literally spiritually shook the entire 13 colonies. I believe that most of us believe that there is more to experience in our personal relationship with God. That there are new things, new things, say that, new things, that the Holy Spirit wants to do to and through us that are exciting, fresh, and alive. But sometimes we have to hit the reset button and let the Holy Spirit take us from glory to glory. And often, often we need this deep cleansing and we need this spectacular healing of our minds, our hearts, our emotions, and our bodies. Prayer and fasting are these huge keys that God has made available to us to awaken us, to awaken us and revolutionize our relationship with God. This new year, I'm starting this series called Shelf Life, and we need to take some things off the shelf that give us life, and don't let them just sit there, but we need to take them off the shelf, not let them expire in our lives, and we need to take prayer off the shelf for a great awakening, great awakening in us. It's amazing that Jesus calls us out and he says, you need to pray. You need to call on my name. And then Jesus, in the inaugural address of the Beatitudes, he begins to lay it out. Everybody still here? He needs to lay it out, and he's trying to move us out of self-focus, out of circumstantial focus. He's trying to get us to focus on the God of the circumstance rather than the circumstance, the circumstance. And that's where he says in Matthew 6, 6, and I'd like us to read it together. Everyone, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, 
Now, this, uh, this word secret actually means covered, hidden, or set apart. So, Jesus is talking about a base camp of prayer where every individual has a secret place. And the word place here means the highest or upper room, and the same word that's used for the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And Jesus calls us to have a secret place. Hallelujah. A place where we meet for our morning briefing with heaven. A place that we are not talking to people, but we are quietly communicating with our good, good father. You remember the war room, Priscilla Shire. We went through that not too long ago. And she had this room where she prayed through all kinds of things. And we also need to have a secret place. In John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, Jesus says this, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. So he says, ask, and you will receive. You won't be depressed. Your joy will be complete. Jesus says, as we were going around, you kept asking me for things. Jesus, 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 Jesus. He said, hold it. The time is coming when your prayers will go to the Father in my name. So here, it's instructional how to pray. So that the Lord's Prayer begins, our Father. So now, when we begin to pray, we pray to our Father. And in the prayer, we don't have to say, Father, 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 Father. Whoa, whoa. Father, how many know we can become rep somehow full of repetition and form he says, hey, you need to pray. So begin. Don't pray to me. We honor the saints of God. We honor the mother of Jesus, Mary. But we're praying to the Father. And we're praying in Jesus' name. We're praying in Jesus' name. Because we have the right, we have the, uh, this right to pray the name of Jesus, and we are praying because we have been given 
this incredible power of eternity, of attorney. We pray in the name of Jesus. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, it has the same power as if Jesus is praying. In the name of Jesus. Not in the name of church and the son, not in the name of a great saint, but in the name of Jesus. And you may even say that now out loud, in the name of Jesus. Say it one more time, in the name of Jesus. Say it one more time, in the name of Jesus. Sometimes the more we do something, it becomes repetitive and we forget the power of the fact that we're praying in the name of Jesus Christ. When Jesus gave us his name, he was giving us total access to the incredible power and unlimited resources of heaven. Hallelujah. Says you need to pray. And then secondly, he hits us with this countercultural principle of fasting. And he says, I want you to fast. Put down your fork. Stop dreaming about food. Put your food on hold. And although you may think you're dying, you will not die. You will live. Now, fasting has to be done very carefully, and it has to be done biblically. We're not trying to get God's favor when we fast. We have God's favor. We're not trying to get the blessings that we already have, and we're not doing something that is religious. And unless fasting is done through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will become simply a discipline. But when we allow the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to flow through us, then we begin to do it in his strength and not our own. Hallelujah. Overwhelming response today. Thank you very much. And then he says, regarding fasting, he says in verse number 17 and 18, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. In other words, don't do it so other people see how great you are. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your Father who is in heaven, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, I believe that the great awakening has to happen in our hearts. Now, we all know to digress for a moment, that life happens. And whether you're a college student, high school student, or whether you're single, married, or have a house full of kids, 
life happens. And in our busyness as followers of Christ, it's very easy for us to allow our hearts to grow lukewarm. And what happens to us is what happened to the congregation at Laodicea. They were working hard, but the Bible says that heaven was doing a spiritual audit on the seven congregations. And this one, this congregation came up and he said, you guys are lukewarm. Something has happened to your hearts. And what happens is that when we are getting lukewarm, our appetite is changing. Remember, where your appetite goes, your life goes. And the adversary, the devil, knows this, so he does everything possible to cool us down. And it's all under the guise, I'm too busy. And in our minds, we get this thing, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to be consistent in my worship experience. I'm too busy to be a part of a spirit-led community of believers, to consistently meet with the Lord with an open Bible each day, to actually help build the kingdom by serving or putting God first in all areas of our lives. What happens to all of us if we're not careful, we find ourselves in behavior modification that is external, which is religion. So this is not about doing things right only. It's about having a heart that has an appetite for spiritual things. I knew on this special day that we would be talking about appetite. So you have a child, and the child is two or three years old, and your child has never heard about a thing called donuts. One day, your child is there, and you bring home some of these gorgeous donuts, and you say to your child, Jimmy, Jimmy, have a donut. Looks at the donut, never saw a donut, never tasted a donut, and you put the donut in his mouth, and then a couple weeks later, you go to your favorite donut place, and you bring them back again, and you give Jimmy another one. He eats the whole donut rather than two bites. And then a little later, you bring some donuts back and you give Jimmy another donut and after a while you have been able to develop an appetite for donuts. And after a while, 
rather than telling him to eat a donut, he comes to you and says, Mommy, I want a donut. Because you have been building a donut appetite in his life. Are you still here? And it's the same way with the appetites we have. Our appetites determine where we go in life and what happens in our life. And so every day we are developing appetites. And some appetites are developed that are not good for us. And it's amazing how the first tasting of something has the power to develop an appetite so that we no longer are pursuing it, have it being pursued, but we now are full of the results of that tasting. We don't understand the power of the first cigarette, the first drink, the first look at porn, the first smoke of marijuana, the first look of lust, the first person uh, we have unforgiveness to, the first person that we talk about wrongly, the first time that we gamble. And after a while, the adversary is giving us these cravings for things that are self-destructive and self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging. And the hungers for these things actually harm us. And what happens when we are a part of a great awakening, something begins to happen, not only in the atmosphere, but something begins to happen inside of us that rather than having this, I need to do something and I, I should do something, now we're not doing it because we should do it, but something has been born inside of us that there is an appetite and there's a spiritual appetite and that we're moving to this experience in life where we're actually begin to, beginning to live God first. That when we get up in the morning, we begin to live our day, we're beginning to think, God first. God first in everything I do. What does God want to have in my life today? And after a while, we have something that is moving inside of us. So revival or fasting and prayer is not only to change our circumstances, but even greater than changing our circumstances and breakthrough in our circumstances, that something happens inside of us. The Are you still here? That God begins to do something in us that where there's lukewarmness and there's a sense of, of deadness and, and without the dynamic of, of energy and power of the Holy Spirit, now, quietly, we decide, I'll fast my first meal. I'll fast my first day. I'll pray my first day, and God, God begins to do something that is powerful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise here this morning. I believe this uh, passage here in James is crucial for us uh, 
during this 21 days. And today we begin 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I believe that we're going to see some, some life change and that God is going to do something great. How many are believing like for awesome things to happen? <laughs> Hallelujah. These verses, I believe, are in line with what we are expecting. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? All hands are up. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. James says, is anyone sick? Sick with a broken heart? Sick with betrayal? Sick because of the abuse that's been done to you? Physically sick? Mentally? Emotionally? Depressed? Bound? Hopeless? Helpless? Wait a minute. Call for the leaders. Call for the pastors. Bring everyone together. And then he says, anoint them. Anointing is an emblem of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he says that when you begin to anoint them, something is going to happen. And on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we're doing that. And we're going to call, text, all the pastors. And we're going to come believing that there will be great things that are going to happen. And we're going to anoint every child, every baby, every person, every family, every single person. At 7 o'clock, and we are going to anoint them with oil, and we're going to use the name of Jesus, and great things are going to happen. Hallelujah. Great things are going to happen. And I'd like you to read verse 15 with me of James chapter 5, and it says, and the read it with me. Chapter 5, verse 15, in the New King James says, And the prayer of faith I need just a little more energy here this morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, check with your neighbors, see if they're still, still alive. And we had people pass out and go to heaven. I, I'm not sure you're going to leave today, but... Uh, let, let, <laughs> Judy, help me here. Uh, can can you read this like like crazy, like uh, like it's actually the Bible? Not, this is not the Wall Street Journal, and, and and read it like it's anointed with the Holy Spirit, and like God, it's God breathed. Hallelujah! 
And not only that, it happens to be for you and for me. Now, give us a little, a little punch here. And the prayer of faith... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word save, sozo, in the Greek, has to do with healing. Save and heal. And the word is broader than physical healing. And what he is saying is that the prayer of faith is going to usher in healing. The prayer of faith is going to usher in healing so that when we are anointed not procedurally not through a ritual not through a procedure not through something we would do mechanically but the Bible says when we get the church together and we begin to anoint them that there are going to be a rash of healings there are going to be deliverances there are going to be things that will happen and then the Bible talks about this whole thing of uh, sins being forgiven. And remember, sins just do not just, they're not just forgiven. We have to ask for forgiveness. So in the middle of the prayer of faith and all of this that's happening, people begin to recognize the impediments to what God is doing, which is sin. And in the middle of that, they begin to call out and ask for forgiveness and they confess their sins. And it's amazing in every historical revival throughout history that it has always been precipitated by prayer and it has been precipitated by a people that begin to confess their sins in grace. And then the next scripture says about uh, confess your sins, verse 16, to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. And there is a connection often where healing is not happening because there's resentment and bitterness and all of these things inside of us. And what we're doing is we are stopping it from happening. And there is a time and a place that we have to, in our small group, not with anyone, anywhere, but with people that we have confidence in. And we do that wisely so we don't see our sin on Facebook. But we do it discreetly, but the Bible says we confess our sins. And when we have had a bitterness to someone, we actually go to them and we say, would you forgive me? Or you have a secret sin that nobody knows and you have a deal going on with, with the devil. And what happens is when you, you confess that to someone, you break this power that the devil has over you of secrecy so that now there's a moving of the Holy Spirit and there's a release of the power of God and the Holy Spirit begins to move in a new, powerful way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And what he is trying to do is to get us to pray the prayer of faith. Prayers that are in doubt will not do very much. Mumblings and grumblings won't move the hand of God. But when we begin to pray in faith, the look on your face changes. Your attitude is different. Nothing may have changed. 
No circumstances have changed, and you have decided no matter how many times you have to pray the prayer of faith, that you're going to pray the prayer of faith, and you always know when you're praying the prayer of faith because you are what you are saying is totally different than when you're praying the prayer of doubt and unbelief and I don't know why this hasn't happened and all of that. That's the prayer of doubt. This is the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith is what will change situations and you begin to say what God says. You begin to uh, say the miracle and the healing and this last week the Lord said that 2019 in this church would be a year of healing. It would be a year of deliverance for us that there would never be a service here in this place that there wouldn't be healings that are happening, that people that come in here that are sitting here and that you have been abused by some individual through a marriage and your heart is broken and you come in here and you are sad and you're sad and you should be sad in a sense because you've been abused and you've been betrayed and there's no answer for that other than healing of your inner being and your inner heart and you come in here and you're abused and you sit in the chair here and you can't even lift your hands and we can understand why you can't because you're abused you're wounded but we begin to praise God and the anointing begins to flow and the power of the Holy Spirit comes over the building. And all of a sudden you feel something happens on the inside. And I'm believing that this 21 days of fasting and prayer, I'm focusing myself. And I'm believing that something will happen inside of our hearts. That somehow there would be healing. Somehow there, there would be an appetite uh, assessment that we will begin to say, Lord, I, I asked you to increase this, this spiritual appetite that I need in my life. I, I asked you to sovereignly, sovereignly do something in my life that I'm pursuing you wholeheartedly. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Get rid of all these things brawling, slander, along with every form of uh, malice and, and repentance. Jeez, I, I know in churches we're supposed to be uplifting and praise God and hallelujah, but sometimes you just have to repent of your sins. And I'm talking about Christians. Oh, we can sit around here for a thousand years and want God to bless us. It's not happening if there's something I need to repent of. You can't act like the devil and expect heaven to touch you powerfully. You know, repentance. Just repentance. And I know we have expunged confession from the church. And we're just saying, hallelujah, God is good. Praise God, a breakthrough is coming. Well, yes and no. I can stop all that. I got resentment or bitterness or I got some hidden things going on. I need to repent. And today's a good day. Just, and again, we're not doing this in law. 
and we have the grace of God behind us, but we are getting things right with God, and we're coming out of the closet with the secret, the secret sins. Some secret sins that people have are perennial gossip. They talk about every person, everywhere, about everything. And that seems like it's a little better than pornography. But one thing that's wrong is wrong. And you can, you can be killing people with your mouth, and you slay people, and you go to home from every situation and get in the car, and all you can say is something negative. You need, you need to repent. You need to drop to your feet. Go to your husband and say, I am a negative wife. Cast, no. I'm a, I'm a negative husband. You need to go to your parents and say, I'm negative. And negativity comes from doubt and unbelief. The prayer, faith, and that, they don't go together. And we have to believe in this 21 days of fasting, our major deal this week is on our hearts. And in fact, I, I'm asking this this morning, I'm asking every, home, every person that has an apartment, a house, townhouse, I'm asking you to consider during the 21 days, opening your place up to a few friends or whoever you invite, if it's one person, and we'll give you a little guideline and one hour of prayer, and you just pray together, have coffee and tea, and pray together, and maybe we could have several hundred houses of fire that people are just praying. And I'll tell you that the revival of... Uh, 1857 and 1858 began just that way. They were praying at noon. And that revival, Jeremiah Lamphere, they were praying. The businessmen began praying at, at lunchtime. And we're going to have we're gonna have a prayer meeting over here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I want to invite everyone to come if it's for 10 minutes. And we're going to pray for one hour. We're going to be online. And the fast this year is not like the fast last year. This, this year, we're focusing on our hearts. We're focusing on the great awakening happening in our hearts until we believe James 5, 16, where it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And the word availeth much means to wield power. And fervent means to have zeal or actually to boil so that we have fervent prayer and that when we begin to pray in our homes or we gather around together, we begin to pray and there are conversational prayers that can be fervent prayers and then there are times that we rise up in our homes and we begin to walk the floors and we begin to say, in the name of Jesus, I am praying the prayer of faith over this situation and this is not going to continue my daughter who has been on drugs is getting off of drugs and you begin to fast for that circumstance and for something to happen in you and we begin to see a shaking happen that has never happened before and that our prayers are fervent prayers, fervent prayers, fervent prayers, fervent prayers. 
I like conversational prayers, but there are times that you lift your voice and you get that fire in your soul and you begin to say, in the name of Jesus. And you may begin, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're asking you to work in our family. We feel bad. And then maybe you pick up a little more of the fervency. Lord, we're believing you. We are praying the prayer of faith and and men rise up in their family. This, right now, a lot of the women are leading the home, and the men are passive, and they're passive because they had a father, and they never saw the model of a man standing up and being the leader in the family. You stand up. You stand up. Walk around your house as a man of God. You've been called to lead the family. Stop being passive. Watch somebody else that's praying that's a man and put on your jacket and be a man and pray for your family and cast the devil out of the family in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That time that we have a little bit of energy and power and fire, we'll watch the, my team, the Baltimore Ravens, and, and they beat the Cleveland Browns the other day, 26 to 24. Hallelujah. Praise God. God answers prayer. But when you see some of those, some of those uh, people in the stands there and you watch them, I mean, they're not just there like, oh, this is wonderful. Uh, the Ravens scored. In fact, we got some pictures of these guys. And no, no, we are passionate. And they are passionate about their game. They're passionate about what is happening. They're passionate about their team winning. And it's, it's about time that we have an appetite and we have a passion for what God has called us to do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Bible doesn't talk about fans, but I'm telling you, we, we are the fans of God. Hallelujah. And they have a fight. They have a fight song, and we've got a fight song too. And our fight song is praise. Hallelujah. If they can, if they can jump around in, that, in those stands and scream, I don't know whether you've ever been to a game. I, I, I haven't been to recently, but I used to go to the games in, in Baltimore, and they scream, and they go crazy, and they are screaming for their team. Well, it's about time. It's about time that we scream, we scream like these people scream and get excited, get excited about what God wants to do. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I am commissioning you this morning to not be an average believer and stop being quiet and stand up and start some leadership in your home and where you are, people around you are influenced and you are a man of God, you are a woman of God and let's open our houses for one hour during the 21 day fast and let's see God do great things. Let's see the enemy crushed and the gates of hell conquered in the name of Jesus. For the Lord would say to us this morning, to the church at Orlando Church in the Sun, rise up for these are days of revival. Rise up and do not stay where you have been. Advance for there is a clarion call from heaven for you to march forward 
with your war song of praise and thanksgiving. And the enemy will be shattered. For the enemy wants to stop you and silence you. And you make the decision of whether you will use the name of Jesus or you will stand in defeat and be defeated all of your life and then die defeated. But you rise up in the name of the Lord. For it is a new day. It is a day to go from glory to glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I want us just to stand a moment. I want to do something different here this morning. Better get these donuts out of here. <laughs> we don't want any thieves here this morning. Uh, keep the lights up here a little bit. I want to see everybody's eyes. I want to do something. No, I was just kidding. Bring them back here, Kenneth. Bring them back. I was just kidding. Where was I? I want to do something different this morning. It's not for everybody, but you can do it. The Holy Spirit prompts you in a moment to walk up here. And you just say, man, I want a shift in my appetite. I'm tired of doing things because I should. You got to come to church and you should read your Bible. <laughs> should. <laughs> it doesn't work. You wear yourself out. It's too tiring. What we need is an appetite. And that happens with a great awakening in us. And if you feel that, and you feel you need to just stand here and say, I'm in on this deal. I want something to happen this morning at the altar. Sometimes things will happen at the altar that amaze us. So I want to open the altar. Now you can turn down the lights. Don't take the donuts, Kenneth. And uh, I want to invite the Holy Spirit for the next few minutes to come and touch us. I want to open the altars. We want God, couples, families, whoever. You just walk down here. This is for Christians. You say, <laughs> that's me. Maybe it's just two people. I don't know. I've kind of felt that. They're praying for being lukewarm. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Holy Spirit. Show us this morning what we need to know about our hearts. Warm our hearts. Jesus, touch us.
take the person who has become so cold and touch their hearts today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. for you, sing it together.
Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move mightily upon us. Warm our hearts. Give us the grace to confess, the courage to change. Let this awakening happen in our hearts. And we wait in your presence. And we do say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name. We glorify your name. Your name is above every name. We thank you that we have access today to the name of Jesus that we can speak the name of Jesus to every stronghold, that we can arise and leave this place this morning, not defeated, but we have decided that we have the right to pray to the Father and use the name of Jesus. We cast down every stronghold now that says we cannot win. We cast down every power that says we will not advance. And we, cur we curse every demonic thing in the name of Jesus and we praise you, and we begin to shout. We begin to lift our hands, and we begin to say, Lord, we bless you. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's praise the Lord. Let's shout unto the Lord. Just lift your voices. Lift your voices unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands. Your, lift your voices. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Before our dismissal today, we always give the opportunity for people to find a new life in Christ and be forgiven of sins. And the cross here reminds us that Christ took our sicknesses and also took our sins on the cross so that we could be forgiven and experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In just a moment, you may be in the service and you say, listen, I need to be forgiven of my sins. And you're going to take that step of faith toward Christ. And irrespective of how long you have gone the wrong way, Christ always beckons us back. And he will forgive whatever sin you've committed. And guilt, condemnation, and shame that the devil uses to harass us will be obliterated and we will walk in the grace and the love and the forgiveness of Christ and you can get in your car and say, wow, done some bad things, but they have been expunged. I am forgiven. Hallelujah. Your heart will be light. Your future will be bright. Hallelujah. I'm going to count to three. At the end of three, you say, listen, I need prayer. I want to be forgiven of my sins. Pray for me. Do it. It's a good Sunday to do it. January 6, 2019. Hallelujah. So let's do it. You're here. You just raise your hand. One, two, three. You need to be forgiven. Throw up a hand wherever you are, right here. Those that raised your hand. Would you come in the front and stand before we close? Just stand right here. Yes, or a couple right at the altar. Anyone else?
say yes to Christ. Those in the front, stay for a moment if you would. Come, whoever needs to be forgiven. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Anyone else this morning that needs forgiveness? Hallelujah. I may know that's the best gift you can get is forgiveness. So our friends have come, maybe didn't come. We're going to pray this prayer and then we'll dismiss the service. Hallelujah. Everyone, our friends here, we're going to pray this prayer. And Pastor Dave is here. He'll take you to the side and talk to you for a moment. Here's somebody coming from the balcony over here. Somebody coming here. God bless you. You come wherever you are. Anyone else? Husband, wife, start the new year right. Yeah, just come over here. Isn't it great? We always have people come to Jesus in every service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's say this prayer. And those that are watching online, we have a lot of people all over the world. You can pray this prayer if you're in Brazil or you're in Venezuela or China or Korea. You can pray this prayer or down the street here. So let's pray it together. Say it loud for our friends. Join them. Say, Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart and give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you're in the family.